You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Welcome back for another Journey into Mystery. This week is a double feature, Ian. We're going to talk about Captain America First Avenger and 2012's The Avengers. Yes. Now, for, and I'm so excited. <laughs> for The Avengers, we actually did a uh, group watch on your Twitch channel uh, last yeah. night. Uh, this, yeah. So that was, that was a lot of fun. I've never done that before, and it was an actual blast (laughs) (laughs) i mean how do you feel it worked out did you did you it seemed successful enough yeah uh we had people hanging out with us uh i tried not to be annoying over the movie but at the same time you have to go oh damn um but i think this is i think this is what we need to do for the Avengers movies with this podcast as it comes up. We we watch them as like we watch them as a team and we talk about them as a team. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one would be Age of Ultron. Do you throw in uh, Civil War as an Avengers movie or is it still just a Captain America movie? I mean, to me it's a Captain America movie, but I can it's, understand people saying it's an Avenger movie. It's a Captain America movie that the Avengers are in, so I don't know how you want to play that. We'll I'm see good either way. We'll see when we get to it. So that would, but that would also be, that would mean Infinity War and then Endgame. So, I mean, that's yeah. already three movies right there, and it's, I, I think that's a pretty good list as is. So, we'll yeah. see when we get to Captain America. Yeah, um, I'm so like I, I had so much fun. It was so good. I'm so excited. We finally get to movies that aren't iron man one that i enjoy <laughs> i had to put the asterisk on there so nobody got mad at me this is true uh okay so captain america first avenger we get to see the origin story the new rebooted retconned however you want to say it uh origin story of captain america steve rogers not really different all that much from the version you have in the comic book but there are different there are slight changes um I mean, we have the introduction of Peggy Carter. We have uh, the introduction of Dr. Erskine or Professor Erskine, played by Stanley Tucci. So awesome. I, I, every time I watch Stanley Tucci and anything, I just, I'm happy. Like, it's, it's uh, unbelievable. I forget what uh, what's the name of T- Tommy Lee Jones's character. He's the general who oversees the project so to speak uh oh colonel sorry colonel chester phillips sebastian stan is uh james bucky buchanan or buchan james buchanan bucky barnes god i am just off today i Haley atwell is playing peggy carter um armin zola is toby jones and then of course you have uh the red skull is played by hugo weaving again a stacked cast <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones might be my favorite part of this movie. That's incredible. Like, I mean, I don't fault you for saying that, but there is so many great things in this and Tommy Lee Jones being your favorite. I mean, sure. I can go with that. Like, <laughs> was there one, any one particular part of the, of the, of Tommy Lee Jones's performance that you enjoyed more than uh, the rest? I really enjoyed it during, uh, during boot camp. When he's trying to disprove that Steve isn't the choice, so he just <laughs> grenade and tosses it out there. Everybody jumps away, and Professor Erskine gets to look at Tommy Lee Jones like, "I told you, he's the choice." And he's like, "Whatever." He's still scrawny. Yeah, he's, still, he's still scrawny and walks away. He he just plays crotchety old man so well. I mean, and, yeah, he does. I mean, it, I, the first time I remember ever seeing Tommy Lee Jones in a movie was Under Siege with. Steven Seagal and he already looks like an old guy there like he's relatively young compared to what he is now but he just <laughs> looks like an old guy uh, it, it, he gets you you can always get Tommy Lee Jones to play that dis- disciplinarian authoritarian character right 
Yeah. I mean, to me, it just felt like you took K from Men in Black and put him in a military setting. <laughs> and you were like, and these guys are aliens. Go. <laughs> Uh yeah, the so for the most part you have Tommy Lee Jones and uh Stanley Tucci having to play off of each other because they're both side characters like that, but they have to interact with each other to forward the story. Like Erskine is, yes, we need a guy who's good to be Captain America or to test this out on. We don't know anything about Captain America at the time. And Tommy Jones is, no, I need a, a soldier. I need someone that's been trained to get this thing so that they can be better. And the the two philosophies have to butt heads, but eventually we get Steve Rogers as the person that wins out because Professor Erskine is the one that created the serum. He knows, like, the last time someone took this, an evil man got more evil. <laughs> He's kind of a trash person. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. He got his. Do you? What do you think about uh, Hugo Weaving's performance as as the Red Skull? Can the man do any wrong? Not really. I mean, I, I I'm upset that he he goes and he, he goes on after this movie to bash comic book movies or even sci fi genre movies because. He's, and that's the reason why he's like, ah, oh, I won't do a sequel. He doesn't come back to be the Red Skull in Infinity War or uh, Endgame. So he just he doesn't particularly care. But he does do a great job. He he, he is good. So, all I'm gonna say is you'll you'll bash comic book sci fi movies, but you have no problem being an elf. <laughs> I mean, and like it's a much more respected literature than comic books, unfortunately. Like, what what about what about the Matrix, my guy? Is that not <laughs> I, I think that's i think he, he i think the matrix left a bad taste in his mouth after the three movies he was fantastic in the matrix I, I, you don't have to sell me on it and, and people are gonna talk what they're gonna talk about this but the matrix as a franchise is my favorite like i would say top three favorite film franchises of mine i mean i i'm right there with you uh, i i know i was one of the people that said that the sequels were just terrible but i've gone back to rewatch them and i i actually appreciate them a lot more than Mm -hmm. when i first watched them like they've they've grown on me i've seen i see the 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 merit in their in their worth so to speak yeah and they're not particularly well made after the first one there's a (laughs) bunch of glaring oversights but that's fine because they fixed it with the Animatrix and I'm getting way off topic here. But I will fight anybody about this anytime. I mean, dude, that's fair. <laughs> the, the Animatrix is is pretty amazing. So, uh, yes. Hugo Weaving <laughs> as the Red Skull, great job. Toby Jones as Dr. Zola, uh, like, that is a character I would never have thought I was going to see in comic book movies, especially since the, the version of him in the comic books is giant face monitor face in the middle of a robot body so it's like i liked the shot that they gave us a, they told us exactly who he was the first time we saw him yep in the lab yep or it's like oh no like if you know what you're looking for it's like oh that's dr Zola. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's what i was gonna get to like they they make it they pull it off perfectly it's it's completely uh you know seamless in in introducing his character um peggy carter like i know that she existed before this movie i i know that in the comic books he's more in a relationship with sharon carter but the mcu has definitely changed it around so that his one love is peggy do you what do you what was your first like reaction to uh one the peggy carter character two Hayley Atwell's a- acting in the in the role. At first, like the first time I watched it in theaters and everything, I was much younger. So I was like, okay, like she's around. <laughs> she did she did a good job, but like all right. She's she's the love interest. She's pushing him forward. She's kind of the carrot on the stick for him at the end of the war to keep him going. Mm-hmm. Uh watching it again. I've grown up. It's like, oh no, she's a much cooler character <laughs> than I gave her credit for the first time around. She's 
everything that you would hope someone in that role would be. She's smart, she's fearless, she's just all around badass, and she's nice. Yeah. Like the the line, what is it? Um uh you you don't know how to talk to girls, do you? No, ma'am, I think this is the longest conversation I've ever had with a woman. <laughs> like that's just so like that scene is just so so I guess wholesome's the word for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean the 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 constant uh metaphor of of going dancing and stuff like that. Like it's it's so innocent and adorable, but totally in character for Captain America, like it for Steve Rogers. Uh, mm-hmm. the, you know, the, he definitely pulls off the whole, yeah, I'll definitely stare down this, you know, Sherman tank or whatever they're called, you know, coming at me, but having to, uh, interact with this lady that I like, uh, I don't think I, I can do that one. <laughs> <laughs> so question for you, um, because this isn't our first Captain America movie. Okay. There was the Captain America movie in 1990. Have you seen it? I have seen it. The yeah, that the there were the Red Skulls and Italian Man, or yeah, it was an Italian yeah. kid, and I've seen that one. Um, we actually talked about it in the Geeks Watch like way back when we first started because we were doing the MCU that could have happened, and yeah, it is not a good movie. <laughs> Steve Rogers, I think he's from I think he's from L.A. in that movie, and it's just. Oof. It's a big oof. <laughs> yeah, it, it it wasn't a good time. <laughs> <laughs> then you go back even further and I think there's one in 76 or 79 or something like that and it's got the 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 shield on the front of the motorcycle and it's got the motorcycle helmet with the with the the A and the wings on the side of it like it's that's that's pretty bad too. That's like that 70s Spider-Man movie stuff too italiano spider-man <laughs> which if you haven't seen italiano spider-man please look it up on youtube it's fantastic it makes me laugh every single time <laughs> i mean i wouldn't go far as fantastic but yes you should look it up oh it it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> suspenso <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, oh, we do get somewhat of a love triangle, but not really, in the movie between uh, our new Howard Stark, because this is the third actor in the MCU to play Howard Stark, Dominic Cooper, playing a very young Howard Stark in this movie. Um, he and Peggy aren't in a relationship, but uh, Steve think that they are, and he is into Peggy, and yeah, it's it's kind of a unnecessary mess i think i think so um but at the same time it was really fun to (laughs) see that howard and tony are the same person oh yeah oh most definitely the exact same person (laughs) i mean it kind of makes you think like how does he get from being the dominic cooper version to the version we see in iron man 2 like I, I yes he's had a son at this point so you could say well that makes me grow up or makes him grow up or something like that but he seems so much more stern and like uh reserve maybe or even like focused is is a really good thing yeah i would say you get from from a to b there he's done all of it like he's done his time with shield true so like he's seen some stuff he's been through some stuff so he could just have gone from like devil may care tony (laughs) to no i need to make sure that everything's just exactly right to make sure that my son has the safest life growing up because i know how bad it can be yes no that's i don't know no no you're you're right and we definitely get that conversation in Endgame when Tony goes back and sees his dad and they... That they, conversation broke my heart. Yeah, I mean, the conversation is 
formulate formulated to break your heart like it's I know. <laughs> it's right there uh but we get to see more dominic cooper as uh howard stark in the peggy carter short-lived two-season peggy carter show on abc um so you get to see more of him having to grow up in that so to speak uh we get a lot of the the howling commandos in this so those are all side characters that are great what's one particular character that you really enjoy i mean we, we didn't talk about bucky um bucky is is kind of a i don't know he's a, first he's the he's the guy that that steve wants to be in the movie because he he he's going off to fight for fighting the war and steve can't because of all of his ailments and then after that it's uh well bucky you know doesn't have the super soldier serum in him and yet he still faced down those hydra agents and and it cost him his life so we think cost him his life yeah (laughs) (laughs) um first off on the grounds of bucky uh, i think that Sebastian Stan. Yes, sorry, Sebastian Stan. Great freaking performance here. Oh, yeah. Also was up for the role of Captain America. You know, I would have been okay with it, I think. Um, Granted, Chris Evans is the the perfect Captain America. (laughs) Well, Uh, we think that now because we've seen him play Captain America for so long. I I would have I I don't know who I would have picked before Chris Evans. You know who I was actually rooting for before they they announced Chris Evans. Bear in mind he was probably a little old for the role, but Daniel Craig I think he would have made a good Captain America. I think he would have been a really good Captain America if we didn't do Captain America origin story. True, I could see if that. He's, if he's already been Cap for a little bit, uh-huh. let him run around and do his I'm Captain America also I'm James Bond nonsense <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, you, and the famous uh, story is that um, John Krasinski was was also offered the role or at least was in contention for the role of Captain America would have been cool I don't know if the world was ready for John Krasinski in that kind of role yet Ooh, true this is this is yeah this is before jack ryan this is yeah it would have been right after um uh what's what's the movie leatherheads though so he knew how to do period piece i guess so to speak yeah i that period again i would have been cool with it i don't think that a lot of people would have seen him in the way of all that is america in a good way (laughs) and like in the in the the actiony role that that role is yeah, so uh, I I mean I'm you're not, you're not I'm not I'm guess I'm playing a little bit of devil's advocate because yes I love Chris Evans in the role I think he's he did a great job he made it his own even if we already watched him as as the Human Torch even if we've seen him in uh, what was it before that he was in Scott Pilgrim he was in uh, the Losers like these are all comic book properties that he had done before this so. Uh, he's one of the one of the actors that that walked between the different uh, companies, so that's pretty awesome. Yeah, and you know what? Here, here it is. Tom Cruise should have been Captain America. You're welcome, Andy. You're welcome. I mean, that hurt me. <laughs> that was very painful to say. It shouldn't be a thing. Tom Cruise should not have been Captain America. I gotta walk that back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at least there would have been such a height discrepancy between Robert Downey Jr. or Iron Man and, and Captain America, I guess. Nah, uh, I'm, okay with, I'm, I'm okay with the height disparity because it, like, just from a visual standpoint, that says a lot. Yeah, it really does. Um, okay, so what I, I kind of cut you off when we were talking about Sebastian Stan. Like, did you have a particular, uh, character that you a side character that you really enjoyed um i don't know the names of the howling commandos off the top of my head i could google it but i'm not going to that's fine (laughs) Um, even if it's one of the characters we already talked about oh i guess i mean you said tommy lee jones tommy lee jones was great and should have been captain america but that's neither here nor there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) now that would have been great (laughs) no um it's the duo um the french guy and the linguist yes okay i liked them 
just because everything was, he says it in French and he goes, yeah. And goes, what? And he's like, what? <laughs> so uh, I believe you had Derek Luke as Gabe Jones, the linguist, and the French guy, that must have been James Montgomery Falsworth, played by J.J. Field, if, I, if I'm correct. Yes. Maybe? Sure. Why not? Yeah. That sounds like an English name. <laughs> it does. It really does. The dude was born in Boulder, Colorado, though. That's interesting. Huh. Uh, maybe it was this one. Maybe it's Bruno. Bruno Ricci? Yeah, he because he the French, the French guy was the one that did the bombs, right? Yeah. There we go. So Bruno Ricci. Uh, but one of the things that I liked, uh, was that, so James Montgomery falls, Fallsworth was, uh, actually, I believe union Jack. So there was also a throw, a throwaway to another oh. Marvel character that we didn't know about. And then, uh, Neil McDonough was, uh, was dum dum Dugan, which is Nick Fury's like right hand man in all of Marvel. So it's interesting that we got him here. But we don't get him in the rest of the MCU, especially since, I mean, Nick Fury is supposed to be the leader of the Helling Commandos, and we we replaced it with Captain America in this movie. But I do like Kenneth Choi as his character, Jim Morita. Um, I especially like it since he comes back in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie as the principal of the high school. And he even they play it up. It's like, hey, my grandfather was in... Uh, World War II with Captain America. Like, he fought with him, so that was kind of cool. I like that. I like the introduction of that character, because... Um, he's like, I'm from they, Fresno? Yeah, he's like, oh, so we're just taking everybody? I'm from Fresno, Ace. <laughs> like, yeah, get him. <laughs> um, uh, so, in this in this particular movie, we, we get introduced to the, te- the Tesseract, right? Yeah. The... Uh-huh. The Tesseract, Cosmic Cube, however you want to uh, refer to it. Uh, space Stone. Is it the Space Stone? I always forget which stones are which stones in, in the MCU. Other Same. than the Reality Stone. The Reality Stone is the Ether. That's, I, I always remember that. Uh, I think the Power Stone is the one that's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. Yes. Power Stone is purple. So I'm, This one I will Google. Okay. I, I don't want people screaming at me. <laughs> Uh, the space stone is the Tesseract. Uh, the space stone is in the Tesseract. Is in the, yeah, because cause yeah, yeah. we, we get Thanos crushing it later and he get, he pulls the stone out of it. Uh, I always thought that he just like crushed it and his muscles were so intense <laughs> that he was like, I perfectly filed it to fit the gauntlet. <laughs> like, a, like a diamond? Like he just squeezed the, the coal into a piece of diamond? <laughs> just like, <"Ugh." laughs> and now it fits my fancy glove. <laughs> Well, you know, those things, it's just, it changes size for to fit whatever it is kind of thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's your big connection to the rest of the MCU is the, is the Tesseract. Mm-hmm. Do we have any other bigger connections that you would, that you spot that you'd want to talk about? Um, I mean, it's the start of Hydra in the MCU. It is the start of Hydra, which becomes and a I- much bigger play in, in Winter Soldier. Yes, and it's kind of over and done with in Winter Soldier, isn't it? I mean, for the most part, uh, yeah. Uh, you have to watch Agents of Shield to get more of the story because they're they're doing a lot of the follow up of of uh, finding other Hydra agents and and weeding them out and stuff like that. Mm. Okay, but that uh, so we start it in First Avenger and in the MCU, like in the movies movie proper. Yeah. It comes to a head in winter soldier. Um, I'm not a fan that it was just a two movie stint for Hydra. I mean, the last inklings of it is in, in age of Ultron. When you see them like going to that castle where they have the, the twins and the, Mm -hmm. the one dude, uh, I forget what his name, Von something, Von Strucker, Baron Von Strucker is like, we will not give up. We will fight them to the end. Blah blah blah. And he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and uh, surrender right now. So, peace." <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's really the only like overarching 
like connection to the rest of the MCU that I saw. Yeah. I would have liked it if if we would have kept it a little bit more grounded because I guess with Captain America movies we do go, have just uh people on earth stories cuz Age of Ultron or I'm sorry not Age of Ultron but um Winter Soldier is all about him and Bucky like that that relationship and and sussing out Hydra and then Cap and then Civil War is about him having to fight Tony, his new best friend. Like, what does that mean when your old best friend comes back and they they butt heads? But you see the points where in all three movies where we're setting up stuff for the cosmic, you know, overarching story of of Thanos, and that's. I mean, I trust me. I love I love where the MCU goes, where we get to Endgame and and we have to we have to fight Thanos, but. I, I, I do crave that set still here on Earth storylines. Like when they first announced Civil War at that big MCU like event, they lied because they they said, "Oh, the third movie is going to be Captain America versus the Serpent Society," and everybody was like, "Oh, okay, that's awesome." And then at the end, they were like, "Just kidding, it's going to be Civil War." And then I was like, "Yeah, that's even better." But I kind of want to see what would happen with the Serpent Society. <laughs> I think that we got <clears throat> we're not talking about civil war here Ian but still uh, <laughs> I think that they played themselves with civil war I think that civil war would have been a very good thing to introduce after the infinity saga Ooh yeah I would have been down like, with that You you finish out the infinity saga then you bring up the accords and you, you maybe you don't call them the Sokovia accords you call them I don't know the space accords <laughs> like the the Wakanda accords uh-huh. maybe whatever you want to call them. And then we get civil war because all the heroes were just involved to do this. And now we have a bigger, like we have a bigger roster to take sides and then congratulations. That's the new, that's, that's the new saga is civil war. Yeah. I mean, that could, that uh, your whole phase four at that point could be about like, you know, your heroes are split. Some of them say we should allow people from outer space to come to Earth because we need to be open and 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 allow you know uh, the the trade of ideas and stuff like that. Whereas the other half are like, no, we just we got attacked. Like this is bad. We should not. We should have that armor around the the planet, like Tony said. So you got you got you got that's that would have been a great way of doing a civil war. Um, I think that's something that we will get in phase four though like there's gonna there has to be a lot of um uh xenophobia for people from outer space at this point on earth right like first we have uh, a mad titan come in and make half the world's population disappear and then after that a good chunk of what was where did we wherever the avengers campus is in upstate new york is a crater now because of a giant war that happened there. Yeah. And all of this going on while the world's government can't do anything about it. Cause what are they going to do? Yeah, exactly. And it's the last time somebody threw a nuke around a dude in an iron suit, flew it into space. <laughs> toward a portal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you got to wonder what, what does that look, what does that look like for phase four? Like when, when do you, when do they say no more? Probably right around now, <laughs> especially with characters like Captain Marvel out there and uh, the Guardians. Like, like those are characters that live in space. Like, how are they going to be able to exist in both worlds? Yeah, um, Canadian Wolverine in chat here said, "But if that happens, I don't get Black Panther sooner," and I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. We we want Black Panther two now. <laughs> yeah. I want Black Panther and the Two Kings. Is that I think that's one of the rumored titles uh, uh, that we're that that's being thrown out there. I I just want more. I just want more Black Panther. It was a good movie. Uh, visually, a lot of fun. I oh, like what they yes. did with Wakanda. Oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Martin Freeman was in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very true. Uh, it's, that man can never not go on an adventure. 
No, Any, he can't. Anything he's involved in, he's just like, all right, I'm going to, this is my job. I'm, wait, I'm doing this now. Oh, God. <laughs> um, what would, would, would there be any, any of the characters in this movie would you like to see come back in a, in a phase four, phase five? Um, from Captain America, first adventure. Correct. Uh, I think uh, the next generation of Helen Commandos could be fun. That would be interesting. Like you could, you could have. Who would you pick as to be the leader? Like, it, say, say it's a character that has not been introduced in the MCU yet, but is a Marvel character that leads the Helen Commandos now. The, yeah, the new Helen Commandos. I won't make you come up with names for all the new Helen Commandos, but yeah, who would you who would you like to see? Like, maybe um, someone that has that has military, uh, you know, background or something like that. That's a really hard question. <laughs> that shouldn't be two gun kid. Two gun kid. <laughs> I mean, okay, sure. I, I'm all for it. Two gun kid comes I'm in. Try, I'm trying to think. He's like D list Avenger, but he's an Avenger, damn it. He is an Avenger. And uh, I mean, he fits the aesthetic because they're like they're, they're commandos. They are like conventional weapon based mm-hmm. so you put him in charge i don't know let me google this real quick what's the <laughs> what's the two gun kids actual name i don't know that you know that that's a that's a deep cut for for marvel comics so my first thought for for the character i would want to see would was uh and this is my initial thought and i had to i had to take it back because i know he can't do it but the flash thompson character i would love to see agent venom like come in and Ooh. be be uh uh, the leader of the Howling Commandos, but you know See, that the Flash Thompson we have in the MCU is a teenager in high school, so it can't quite work out that way. Yeah, yeah, I, I had thought Venom, and I was like, how do we get him there though? <laughs> you, can't just, you can't just be like, all right, Eddie Brock, you're in the you're you're part of Shield now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, I would think that would kind of be cool if you could do it if it's Mark Spector. Don't have him be the Moon Knight yet. Like, cause we know we're going to get a Moon Knight show. What if Mark Spector was doing like when he is in his military career, like was the leader of the new Howling Commandos and we get those in flashbacks in in the Moon Knight show. Okay. Sorry. I'm also doing research on two gun kid at the same time, trying to figure <laughs> out who we could make this in the MCU. <laughs> no, no worries. No worries. I, I, I dig oh, it. Sorry. I, that was incredibly rude of me. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's what Bucky could do. You know, since you know you have Falcon going on to be the new Captain America, Bucky could be the leader of the the Howling Commandos. <laughs> I'm down for that. And we have Bucky be the leader of the Howling Commandos. I thought you were saying Bucky could be Two Gun Kid. Oh no! That <laughs> was like what? No. <laughs> He is too good for that. No, no, no. I mean, he's already had to take on like another personality in White Wolf. So, you know, we just we'll let Bucky be Bucky. Oh, no. Craig left. Oh, well, I think he's still recording. I don't know. That's not it. It's not important. I got the backup recorder going. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) So, uh, those are some things that could come back in the, in the in the later phase, uh, later phases. Uh, I would love to see a origin story of someone else. Would you like to see an origin story of someone else like taking on the Super Soldier Serum? Like if they could try and do Captain America 2.0, or I mean, I know we kind of did that with that's where we get the Hulk, that's where we get um, Abomination, uh, other things like that. But like. Could we see someone else taking the Super Soldier Serum? Um, that's kind of what 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 uh, was it? Brock Lung, Lumlow, uh, Crossbones in the comic books. He took the Super Soldier Serum, kinda too, but he became Crossbones instead because he was he's not a good guy. Yeah, and, and <laughs> we don't get any more Crossbones. Ooh, we are getting U.S. Agent. I forgot about that. We're getting U.S. Agent oh. in the. Winter Soldier, or no, sorry, Falcon and Winter Soldier show, um, which is played by something Russell, because it's Kurt Russell's kid, Wyatt Russell. Oh, who can lead uh, the new Howling Commandos? What is it, Agent 23? Agent, Agent 20- 22? Agent 23? 
Yeah. Oh, the agent. Wait, you're uh, talking about the, uh, he's a mutant. He's got like his whole mutation is like accuracy and like um, he was in Agent X. Then is it Agent X? Yeah, the one that's in. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Agent Zero, the one that was in uh, Wolverine Origins. Yes. Yeah. That was actually yeah. North Star, if I believe. No, not North Star. Jeez, uh, Maverick. That was his his name before he was became Agent Zero. Okay, so yeah, he's. Um, oh, okay. His Agent Zero just has a healing factor, like like Wolverine. Then never mind. I was misunderstanding. <laughs> I was. I, I get people crossed. That's fair. A lot. Uh, we I, see them in movies, and it's like, who are you? You're mixing like six people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At, Agent Twenty Three. I think that's her number. That's that's Sharon Carter okay yeah um okay so yeah we could we could we could do that is there anything oh yeah did would you like to see someone else take on the experiment um if they could recreate it the whole idea is that Erks the 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 form formula died with erskine because it was in his head yeah if i can't think of anybody that it would be viable for okay like i i can think of ones that would be kind of fun Mm mm-hmm but that's more of like a uh, that's more of like an imagine if story <laughs> or anything like that. Like if Peter Quill took it. Oh, see, I wasn't thinking about like you know using a character that's already in existence in the MCU. I was thinking maybe I don't know. I'm sure there's other characters that have taken it. American Dream. If you look into um, MC two the the short-lived marvel comic book that does future stuff um she mm. she was a america captain america stand-in kind of thing there's uh i know was it um uh what's 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 the new lady uh america something america rodriguez america something yeah anyway she could is a mutant i believe or an inhuman or something like that i haven't i've never i've not read any of her her comics so i'm not sure well while we're we're looking at that Wolvie, you said isaiah bradley Ooh, yes if we bring in the red red white and truth or is that what it's called yeah uh isaiah bradley josiah bradley like uh eli bradley those are all three characters the isaiah bradley was the 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 person the person that took the captain america serum or the super soldier serum before captain america before um steve rogers but it was more forced on him it was a like the idea was the story was uh experimenting on on african-american soldiers uh because Mm. they're worth less kind of like tuskegee airmen or the tuskegee experiments and uh yeah that's that i would love to see uh, that story be brought in to the comic books or to the movies. Absolutely. Um, something in the future I, w- I want to see also. We kind of talked about it last night. I feel like this is kind of a nice way to bridge over into Avengers. Um, things we had talked about last night during the watch along was what happened. I, I was told there were rumors that the Netflix like defenders we're supposed to start showing up more in the MCU. And I'm upset about that because events from Avengers are talked about multiple times throughout each of the defenders individual shows. But if you notice, they never say, um, they never say like the Hulk, they say the green guy and they never say in the defenders or, or even in those Netflix shows, they, they, they went out of their way not to say specific things. They, they called the battle for New York or the, the events in, uh, Avengers 20, 2012 they call it the incident or something like that um, so it was very interesting the way that they kept going about around and about way of not referring to certain characters yeah I'm just upset because the only person that I could live without in the MCU from <laughs> the Defenders would be Iron Fist yeah Iron Fist was not was not great I, I would say that the that the second season was a lot better than the first season but that wasn't hard uh so the character i was looking for was america chavez also known by her monica as miss america and uh i believe she is oh she's an alien 
She has superhuman strength, speed, durability, flight, star blast, and inner reality transportation. Because I believe she's from a different dimension. She's from a different Earth, but she now resides on 616. Uh, okay, so Captain America First Avenger is definitely one of my tops on for uh, the MCU. I, I think I... Let me see. I, I have it right here. Uh, Captain America First Avenger comes in at number seven out of 23 for me. Yeah, I'll put it right around there. I, I, it's it's definitely top ten. I'm trying really hard not to name numbers right now. Okay, I know for a fact going back through and watching them, my list is most likely going to change. Fair, fair. Because now I'm watching them through a different lens. You are looking. Like, you are you really. Am are. <laughs> or am I like? Now what does this mean? <laughs> <laughs> what what are they showing me here? That's going to mean something later. Uh, who was that waitress <laughs> you know we talked about that a lot and let's let's get right into Avengers now we talked about that a lot last night there's the deleted scenes of, of the waitress um, which is the actress that was in Growing Pains as a little girl um, she I believe that that deleted scene that's taken out was supposed to mean something more and then more for her character later on in this in the MCU but since her character it was the scene was cut out it never pro, it never happened if I remember that correctly, um, I think That's it was some, something to do with Steve, either that there was going to be a relationship between the two of them or she was going to be some kind of descendant of his. I just can't remember. I was going to say, surprise, it's your great granddaughter. <laughs> I mean, somehow. Well, I mean, we, we sit there, we say, you know, we, we, we know that Steve has, uh, the eyes for Peggy, but to think that he never had relationships relations with anybody else in the whole time that he was Captain America would be pretty um, ridiculous to, to to say, right? Would it? I mean, you want to think of him as super wholesome, but he's fighting in a war. He has women throwing themselves at him all the time. Uh, we, you saw it with Natalie Dormer's character in captain america first first avenger where she just she pretty much just jumps right on him and starts making out and that's when peggy walks up but which by the way that's one of the one of the best scenes in that movie comes right after that scene where peggy just like shoots four or five shots at his shield and be like oh look it works (laughs) yeah i knew that was gonna happen (laughs) i didn't just try to kill you (laughs) um but yeah, also Natalie Dormer before people knew who Natalie Dormer was from Game of Thrones, like kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't know what they were they were planning with that uh, the waitress character, but it is definitely one that was that was cut short because of the. Uh, I mean, at the time they weren't expecting movies to they weren't going to let the movies be three hours long like <laughs> like uh, in game, right? Ugh. Can you imagine if every MCU movie was three hours long? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure they don't want to do that. Uh, but we, we we sat all the way through in-game, right? We loved it. That was the end of something. That's true. That was the end. If you're giving me middle filler like the first Guardians, <laughs> and you expect me to sit through it at three hours long. <laughs> catch me on YouTube catching the important scenes. <laughs> Uh, we are introduced to Colby Smulders' character of Agent Maria Hill in this movie, and I guess kind of reintroduced to Bruce Banner the Hulk, but with Mark Ruffalo playing the character now. Uh, I'm not about it. Mark Ruffalo did a good job. He was a good Hulk, but Edward Norton yeah. was my per- like was my preferred. Yeah, we, we, I think we, we talked about that when we talked about Incredible Hulk, and it's just it he. Edward Norton's Bruce Banner plays out better. Mark Ruffalo's yeah. Colk plays out better. Like I, I get that. I get the two, the two differences. But, um, I, I he's still Ruffalo still gives a great performance in this. Like the scene when, when he's getting amped up in the in the lab, and he's like, no, no, I think I am gonna get a little angry, and then everybody stops, and they're like, hold up a second, why are you holding the scepter? Oh, yeah, oh. Uh, hey, look over there. We found the thing. 
something I've always wondered about the scepter there. Does it manipulate people? See, that's that. It's one of the things that I always thought was interesting about this movie. Um, we get to the scene where uh, Black Widow is interrogating Loki, so to speak. Like we 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 are introduced to her again earlier on in the movie, where even though she looks like she's got she's not winning the argument or she's in a bad place, she's actually getting all the information she needs with the Russian uh, the Russian bot the Russian general dude, right? Yeah. So the same thing happens again in this scene. But to me, she feeds him the line of monster. She's like, you're just a monster. And he goes, no, you brought the monster. And she's like, oh, so that's the plan. Banner, huh? And, I was, and every time I watch that, I'm like, she's the one that puts it there, though. Like, she's leading him. Like, I don't know if... Objection leading the way. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't seem like you should be able to do that. Like, you, the, the thing... the the result that she gets from that shouldn't be as strong because she's the one that brought in the idea of the Hulk. So what's the play there then? Is he trying to get him to Hulk out and then poke him in the heart with the scepter? I don't know if that's what he's going to try and do. I think it's more just have him like, I think you're right. I think the scepter itself is manipulating everybody in that room. It's making everybody more, anxious more uh on edge and really ramping up banners like mood um so if he goes crazy and he kills all the avengers then they don't have anybody like thanos's people don't have anybody to uh stop them from invading i think that's the plan okay and i'll say okay to that because (laughs) i want that to be the reasoning (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Something I did notice in this movie, though, I mean, I noticed it before, but I, I kind of I focused more on it this time. When you first see Loki uh, at the beginning of the movie, when he comes through the the portal, he is very ill looking. Like his face is run down. He's got black, you know, around his eyes. His hair is all a shuffle. Um, by the time you get to the final battle scene, before the Hulk messes him up, like he's better he's pristine yeah he's now is that part of his trickster god like mirage powers or is that he was he being tortured by thanos and thanos's people on in outer space like were they like hey you're gonna do as we say uh and help us get to earth i mean how often is it that you've come across an asgardian i would say thanos doesn't come across asgardians all that often like Thor knows generally who Thanos is, but not really. True. Like he's not like somebody. He's like, it's like fairy tale kind of thing. Right. Almost. It's what it sounds like later. So they've never really crossed paths. So now he's like, oh, hold up. I got a demigod here. <laughs> You're going to do what I want. And Loki's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're going to do what I want. And Thanos is like, <laughs> slap that no, shit no, no, down. No. <laughs> Just break him. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, he spent who knows how long falling through space. True. And I mean, he, just, he gets scooped up. Is it by Thanos or is it scooped up by the Chitauri? Uh, well, was it the last time we saw him is when he's in the reflection of Dr. S- uh, Dr. Selvig at the end of Thor. Was it Thor? Yes. No, because the in the in scene, the in credit scene in Thor was uh New Mexico. So I don't think it was Thor. Was it was it, Captain America. Was it Captain America? Yeah, they have the Tesseract now. Okay, so yes. Yeah, because they were bringing they the Tesseract. They were bringing Selvig over to, to look at the Tesseract. You're right. It was yeah. Captain America. And Loki's like, oh. Yeah, so I don't understand. I I don't know if they were using that as a way to uh, say that he is following when I first saw that scene, I saw it as he was impersonating Dr. Selvig. Yeah. That's that's really loose to yeah. what it means. If he's following him, if he's spying on him through a mirror because a mirror is a like window between worlds. Yeah, I think that I think it's supposed to be that one. Okay. I'll I'll accept it. Yeah. 
because um, that's what happens with him. Like he he falls from the the Rainbow Bridge, and he's he's falling through different uh, realms, right? Like that because that was that was uh, Asgard, and you know Earth is Midgard, and there's all the nine different realms all together. So he's falling in between. Uh, I guess eventually he ends up in outer space near the Chitari, just like uh, in ragnarok when he when they they go into that portal and he ends up in scar like a month before thor does right yeah because he fell out of the bifrost all weird right exactly okay i guess that i mean that's the that's the that's the space travel is weird (laughs) interdimensional travel is weird because space travel is also time travel yeah (laughs) I can't. <laughs> <laughs> My head hurts. Yeah. We need a physicist. Chat, is there a, do we have a physicist in chat? Somebody help. <laughs> uh, what are some of the other best parts of Avengers 12, 2012 that you enjoyed? Um, I like how quick we were to the rivalry between Cap and Tony. Yes. Like now, how quick for them to butt heads where it's like no that's not how we should do this eh, yeah but we're gonna do it this way anyway so now is that residual for Ca- for cap because he sees tony as howard and is that also residual from tony because howard always talked about cap so much that he he hates cap just because he, that was the love that he never got from his father Porque no los dos? yeah i believe so i believe that i think i think that is the reason that both of them have that residual like because even though cap doesn't hate howard he's just like he always thought of howard as being his competition for peggy and tony is the is that version of of the character yeah the only thing that we get to confirm that though is from tony when he's like that's the guy my dad would never shut up about right like we don't we don't catch any of that from from Steve. No. Like you're just like your dad or anything like that. So I think that one is legitimately he doesn't like Tony because Tony's kind of a douche. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is he's he's almost seems like the opposite of what he is, right? Like he's he even says that you're not the guy that's going to sacrifice himself. You're not going to lay on the line so the other guy can crawl over you or lay, lay on the wire. And he's like, "Well, I just cut the wire and he's like it, there's always a way out there's always a way out for you like he's like it's a metaphor uh, it's not a real wire uh, yeah i would try and cut the wire too kind of thing but yeah uh, uh-huh. but but they they quickly change like right because the, there's the the whole why don't you get the suit and we'll see who who wins this and then all of a sudden they're attacked and it's like hey go get the suit and we will take we'll we'll work on we'll work together kind of thing yeah um I also really liked the conversation right after Coulson dies um, of, is this the first time you've lost a soldier? We are not soldiers. <laughs> and how like pointed Tony is on that where he's like, no, 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 no. I still have autonomy here. Yeah. No, and like, that makes, and it makes complete sense, right? Like that's the kind of person Tony is. He, he, he wouldn't want that yet. He is the one that goes, goes along with the Sokovian Accords. Yeah. Which is really they they flip like through the rest of the MCU mm-hmm. where Tony starts trying to live up to family, be like be the family man. Yeah. He has to protect everybody because he has to protect his family. Mm-hmm. And now Steve is like, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to protect everybody by burning it. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, this, this also goes back to what I said when we watched Iron Man. Like I, Tony is always just reactionary. Whatever just happened is the thing that is most important. Like I need everything to be fixed because this just happened and Coulson just died. So he has this whole like, well, obviously Loki's bad. Like, yeah, Loki's bad at this point, but yeah, like it's just, I I need to react to this right now kind of thing. Yeah. There's, there's no future. There's no past. It's only right now. Yeah. He's, 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 Um, he's pure that whatever that is. (laughs) This movie did a lot of good things for Tony, though. Yes. Like it's, it sets up his whole character in Iron Man 3. It sets up... Uh, this, this, is the, this is the turning point for Tony through the rest of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I I like what they did with with Cap in the terms of like he's some of the stuff that he says and that he does isn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also been frozen and asleep for the majority of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, but, yeah, this is literally the first time that he's been awake in 90 years, so, so to speak. Something like that. Yeah, something like yeah. that. And he's, you know, he he's having to, one, they haven't actually introduced him to the rest of the world yet. Yeah. Uh, he hasn't been interacting with anybody and he has to get used to the way things are done now. Like there's going to be differences. Yeah. And they also paint him in a really good light of he's really quick to pick up how society works and how it's okay to act. Yeah, exactly. So like, well done writers, (laughs) but they throw in the whole, uh, it seems to be running on some type of electricity. Like, yeah, what, that's fantastic (laughs) you can't yeah you can't have him look at uh you know computerized circuitry and be like i know exactly what to do however they do skip over the part where at some point i guess tony is telling him through his earpiece like exactly what he needs to do to fix the the problem because that would be too tedious but you get the idea that's exactly what happened yeah um to me avengers there's a lot of characters in there but this Avengers, this, this viewing of it, Tony and Cap are the only characters that matter. Ooh, that's interesting because you know where it's going to go for those two characters, right? So you know what yeah. the what their quote unquote end game is, like what what what's their fate. So you 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 focused more on them this time around. Yeah, the, they're the only characters that matter. Hawkeye is forever a side character. Mm-hmm. He get he gets his little bit of a lead moment in uh, Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. But even then, he's still a side. He's a side player. Um, Natasha is a side character, and Thor gets his own movies to be his own guy. True, and we get uh, we get the little bit of relationship being built between Black Widow and and Hulk that we saw. We you know we see a lot more of in Age of Ultron, but other than that, not much. Yeah, and like the, there there are. There are flagship characters to the rest of the MCU. We get a bunch of really cool other characters, but boils down to it: what's Cap doing? What's Tony doing? True. So it, this set this sets up everything. It's funny is that I, I, coming to think about it right now, I think I focused more on Hawkeye than I ever had before. I, I Hawkeye is one of my favorite characters, but this this viewing. I focused more on Hawkeye, but that was more of a reaction to you because you kept putting down Hawkeye. So I had to keep like pumping him up, so to speak. <laughs> I was surely talking shit. I know. The bug, yeah. yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, we even got Steven involved to come in and go, really? The Batman fan is going to go, what the hell is up with this quiver? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now obviously Avengers sets up the Thanos, the whole infinity saga of, of the, the fourth, the three phases that we've already had, that we've already had. Do you see any returning characters or themes from this movie past, uh, in game? I think the Chitari could possibly make a return. I would like it if they did. They also set it up in kind of a way that the Chitari are done. Yeah. Like that was an interesting thing when, when they blew up, when he used the nuke to blow up the uh, mothership, I guess, so to speak, like whatever their main base is that was out there, every all the Chitari drop, like as if they were robots that were connected to, like through a signal to the rest to the to the base. I think the writers were looking for a way to go. Nope, the battle's done. Now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was definitely a. It's over. We we yeah. We got the football to the end zone. Done. Touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would like it if the, chart, if the Chitari showed up again, because now that's a whole fraction of Thanos' army mm-hmm. that's without a leader. True. So now just marauding bands of Chitari could be kind of an interesting thing. That would be interesting. It'd definitely something they could run into in, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, like as Guardians of the Galaxy out here, just putting people back in their place. Like, hey, uh, <laughs> no, we're not doing it. 
We're not doing it. I, I want that movie. Um, so other things that we saw come out of this movie that are side stuff, like uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. storylines came out of this. Um, there was the, the one of the one shots was item 19 i think it was what it was called where you had the the young couple that found one of the chitari weapons and they were robbing robbing banks with it um mm-hmm. you have uh the the creation of the vulture comes out of this movie in the spider-man yeah. homecoming movie because uh you know michael keaton's character of adrian tombs was putting uh the cleanup crew for uh all this destruction in new york and then he gets put out of work by tony stark like once again, Tony Stark creating another villain in the MCU. <laughs> I think we can chalk up at least the Earth villains to Tony. For the most for part, the yes. Most part. Yeah. The only one that I can think of off the top of my head that isn't Tony's fault is Killmonger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or the Red Skull, but yeah. Okay, yeah. That's and that's only part. because he wasn't born yet. <laughs> yeah. So the, we have two that aren't Tony's fault. <laughs> uh but and we get we get a lot of shield involvement from here on. Yes, a lot of shield involvement. Shield and that 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 world council that we see the shadow council in the in those screens that Nick Fury is talking to, like that that comes into play. Like last night, as a Booth Powers who does a lot of the talking, you can see he becomes a big a big villain in Agents of Shield later, reprising the same role. Ooh, this is a uh, Wolverine Canadian Wolverine in chat here. Um, anyone notice the resemblance between the Chitari and the mindless beasts that attack Wakanda in Infinity War? Oh, very much so. I I, I knew there was a lot of uh, connection in, to that in the trailer that people were bringing up, and possibly the Chitari were going to be showing back up, but I don't think that that was supposed to be Chitari. Yeah, where were the where were the space whales? Uh, I think they already made the return as Thanos' war beasts, like following up on the Chitari comment there. Yeah. Okay. And if if that's where they wanted to go with that, okay. Like, but that was cool. that was an Infinity War in in game. They they would have came back because that would have been that version of Thanos, right? Because he was from two thousand nine. Yeah. This was like, yeah. This was Avengers. Thanos. Yeah. So didn't he have one of those giant war beasts in, in Endgame? He might have. I can't remember now. I feel like, yeah, I feel like um, uh, Ant Man when he gi- he goes to becomes Giant Man tackles one of those. That would make sense. Yeah, okay. that would make a lot of sense. Also, anybody listening at home, because you have the ability, to, you'd like to pause it right now. And either go look it up on the DVD or the Blu-ray that I'm sure you have, <laughs> or, or Disney you can Plus. Also YouTube it. <laughs> Let me know. Tweet at me. Is it the Tatari? Did he have a space whale? <laughs> you can even hash, hashtag it. Did he have a space whale? <laughs> uh, okay, Ian. Anything else that you love to talk about from uh, Avengers going into Phase Four? Going into Phase Four. No, I I think we covered kind of the important things. Um, Fury and Hill are still out there doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the pivotal moment in the MCU where everything opens up. We now have Earth and Cosmic MCU just out of this one movie. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's yeah. The, I was thinking uh, uh, after this. You know, we have Sokovia where there's a big like destruction of 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 land, but they made it a point in Age of Ultron to be like, "Hey, we're we're getting all the people out of here so that you know civilians don't die." New York, obviously, a lot of civilians had to have died uh, after yeah. all that destruction. I think like the the idea that they were going to try and do after that point was was make sure that civilians didn't get hurt. That's kind of why we have the 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 in game battle fought in uh in upstate new york at avengers campus uh whatchamacallit uh infinity war is fought just outside of wakanda in the open plains of on, on out in africa like that's more of a marvel mcu decision to make it so that we don't see mass destruction of civilian lives but in story do you see that as like 
the Avengers themselves making those conscious decisions? Wakanda, yes. Okay. Like the fight outside of Wakanda, absolutely. If I remember right, when it happened in Endgame at Avengers Campus, that was kind of an accident because they were showing up, they're trying to find something, and then Thanos just shows up. Right. But I think the idea is that we made our campus far away from everybody else so that if sure. someone does attack us, we aren't putting anybody in danger. Oh, yeah, then I'll say yes to both of them. Okay. Interesting. Um, Ian, where do people find you online? Mitch, if people want to find me online, they can find me at IanFlex12 on Twitter. Tweet at me. I love to talk. Hello, hi. Tweet at me. I'm a fun guy. Uh, if you want to catch us while we're recording this, we record it live on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash IanFlex. That's I-A-N-F-L-U-X. And you're also uh, streaming games just about every day. Yeah. Uh, right now, I'm kind of out of work because of the Rona. So... Uh, I'm, this is what I do. Come <laughs> hang out with me. Help me make this a, help me make this a real job, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to get a hold of me, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia, G-E-M, G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on GeekEliteMedia.com. Check, please rate and review us on any one of the podcatchers out there so that we can spread the word of our podcast and other people can also enjoy Ian's sultry voice. But until next time, this is Journey into Mystery on the Geek Elite Media Network saying, always remember to geek geek out. Don't be sitting back there all sexy like. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.